I am recording this podcast, we have, it's been a couple weeks since I've done a podcast and a lot has changed <laughs> in the last two weeks uh, here in Colorado as well as all over the world. We are in the midst of some degree of interruption to our normal lives because of this new virus, the coronavirus. And, you know, here in Colorado with my kids, we've got, you know, the next two weeks out of school, they've shut down the schools and there's been a run at the grocery stores and it's like the whole world has lost their minds. And I don't know, you know, by the time this podcast goes live, which it usually goes about, it takes about, I think we do it about 10 days after it, after I record it, who knows what's actually gonna be going on. Uh, of course, we're prayerful people. We're praying, and we we know that in the midst of all of it, God has a plan. And in fact, I want to start out with a scripture about that. Um, but I, I, I want to say that this is a time when we as believers have an opportunity that we maybe just don't have in our everyday lives, which is to be different. Uh, to be different than those that are without hope, to be different than those that don't personally know God as Father, that don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, that can't hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And my my prayer is is that we would that we really would be different, that we would not succumb to a spirit of fear, but that we would shine brighter than ever in this hour. But in order to do that, it really means that you and I are going to have to uh, be mindful of what we are hearing and make sure that we are feeding on the right source. The Father's prayer, the Lord's prayer, you know, is part of it. Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread. And in these times when, you know, the news is, you know, people, I was watching some, looking at some statistics the other day that talked about that more people are looking at the news and, you know, listening to the news than ever before. And I understand it. There's a lot going on. You need to know, you know, can I go, this is interrupting your everyday life. But even so, it doesn't mean that you need to, to read that news as your source, as your, your primary source of information. Because the reality of it is, is that God is your primary source of information. And hearing his voice and eating his bread every day, letting him feed you what he wants to speak to you and, and what our response should be in this situation is really, really important. So I want to start out today with the scripture of Romans 8.28. And I want to bring this into the conversation from the Passion Translation because it's just a super powerful verse. And I don't think as believers we sometimes really grasp how powerful our, our perspective is in how we perceive life. But this is an amazing perspective. 
In Romans 8.28, here's what it says. It says, so we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. Verse 29 says, for he knew all about us before we were born. And he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This means the son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. In verse 30, it says, having determined our destiny ahead of time, he called us to himself and transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called. And those who possess his perfect righteousness, he co-glorified with his son. And it says in verse 31, so what does all this mean? If God is determined to stand with us, who then could ever stand against us? Verse 32, for God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up as the sacrifice for all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. So in verse 28, it says, first of all, I think it's kind of interesting. It says that we are convinced. We are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. Well, I'm, I'm going to be naming this podcast. It's going to be called Cultivating Peace. Because in the midst of all the things that are going on, you know, this is a perfect opportunity to cultivate peace. And the way that, you know, and I, I, goodness knows, I teach on this all the time. And this is a time that we can put this to test. I say the external world is not designed to control believers. We are not designed to operate from the outside in. We are designed by God to operate from the inside out. So rather than be dominated and controlled by outward circumstances, we actually, because we live in union with Jesus and the greater one lives in us, in fact, scripture says, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. We are actually called to have dominion (laughs) over the external realm. And... So this means that, you know, if we were disciples following Jesus when he was actually in his earthly ministry, that if we get in a boat with him and we're crossing over to the other side of the lake and a storm rises up, it means that if we truly are in communion with God, the Father, that we should be able to sleep on that whole journey, even in the middle of the storm. Now, we know that the disciples didn't quite follow Jesus' example in that boat because they freaked out. In fact, they began to accuse God, you know, accuse Jesus. Do you not care that we're perishing? You know, and they woke him up and had him speak to the storm. But I want to say that (laughs) this set of circumstances gives us the opportunity to actually find out what's really in our hearts. 
Do we operate out of sonship in the middle of the panic, in the middle of, you know, the quote-unquote dangerous situation called coronavirus? Are we speaking to the storm? Are we using our words to dominate the scene realm? Or are we like the disciples that were in the boat with Jesus, freaking out, thinking that we're going to die, and maybe even going so far as to, to accuse God that he doesn't even care or that he's not involved in the situation? So the first point I really want to make today is that it's time to become aware of what spirit is governing our lives. Is the Holy, is the Holy Spirit truly producing the fruit of the Spirit in us in the midst of the storm? Or are we, are we cultivating or producing the fruit of fear, panic, right? And, and anxiety and worry. What kind of words are coming out of our mouth? Are we, are we speaking words of peace and are we speaking words of victory? Are, are we allowing the spirit of fear to produce words out of our mouth? Because in Romans 8, 28 here, it says that we're convinced. We're convinced that every detail of our lives is part of a plan to bring good into our lives. And church, I'll tell you, it, it is time for the church to be different. For the church to not operate under a spirit of fear. And to not be led by the news media, but to rather be led by the spirit of God. A little earlier in Romans here, it says that all those that are led by the, 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 the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. In the, the Passion Translation, this is verse 14, it says the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And so my first admonition to you is that you need to really limit the amount of news that you're consuming. And you surely need to make sure that you're getting more information from the Holy Spirit than you are from CNN or you are from BCC or whatever else, whatever your, you know, news channel of source or of choice is. And this is a time when those of us that can hear the voice of God actually need to plug in and hear the voice of God. There are so many different sources of information. It's also a time to really meditate on what Jesus has accomplished for us. And what I mean by that is, uh, there's another scripture in Colossians chapter 1 that says, and I'm going to just quote it, I'll see if I can, I'll look at it really, I'll find the reference really quick while I quote it. But in the King James Version, it says that we have been translated out of the kingdom of this, uh, out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. Here, let me read it to you. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of uh, improvising that. But in verse 13, Colossians 1.13, it says, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom 
of here's dear son. Let me start in verse 12. It says, well, let me just, I'm going to read a little bit up. It says, verse 9, for this cause we also, since this day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks to the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into, into the kingdom of his dear Son. Now, I'm just going to look at it in the, the Passion Translation because sometimes the King James has got you know, the old English words in there. But I want to make sure that you're getting this because this is a prayer that the Apostle Paul was praying for the church uh, they're the Colossians and, um, listen to what he's saying. I mean, he is, I mean, this could be a prayer for the church today, right? In the midst of what we're dealing with, this could be, you know, I could say, since we first heard about the coronavirus, (laughs) you know, I could almost preface this prayer, but let me read it to you that way. It says, since we first heard about you, We've kept you always in our prayers that you would receive the perfect knowledge of God's pleasure over your lives, making you reservoirs of every kind of wisdom and spiritual understanding. We pray that you would walk in the ways of true righteousness, pleasing God in everything you do. Then you'll become fruit-bearing branches, yielding his life, maturing in the rich experience of knowing God in his fullness. In verse 11, we pray that you would be energized with all his explosive power from the realm of his magnificent glory, filling you with great hopes. In verse 12, it says, your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude when you think of how God made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us by living in the light. In verse 13, he has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. So, beloved, if you want something to meditate on meditate on that scripture meditate on what is actually true meditate on what is going to transcend anything that happens with the coronavirus anything that's going to happen in the world for the rest of your life you know your response to this situation should be coming out of a recognition that you first of all can't even actually die that death is an illusion that yes we will cease to exist in a you know the way that we're existing in a mortal body right now the meaning it's going to be a it's going to be a a transformation of our existence but we have to take a step back for a moment and realize that this this set of circumstances right now really is about the fear of death this is really about a ruling spirit, a ruling fear of death that in Hebrews chapter 2 says <laughs> it keeps us all in bondage. 
But it also says that Jesus defeated that spirit, defeated death on the cross. And so to the extent that we're afraid of death, honestly, is the extent that we have not had a, a full revelation of what it means to be in Christ. That death is an illusion. Eternal life is your inheritance. And honestly, the Apostle Paul said it this way. He said, uh, how did he say it? I don't want to say it back. He said, to, to live is Christ, to die is gain. At one point, he's saying, I'm betwixt between the two. It'd be much better for me to go to be with Jesus, but I'm just, it, it's better for you if I stay. So I'm going to stay for you. Why am I saying this? Because this is not a time to be afraid. This is a time to be joyful. This is a time to be grateful. This is a time to meditate on what is real and, 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 and the good report of Jesus. And to recognize that you have a purpose. You have a plan. You have a reason, just like the Apostle Paul had a reason to be on this planet. And when people are in purpose, when people are um, running the course of the race that is before them, you know, only the fear of death can take them out before it's their time. I know I'm, I'm preaching the radical, I'm preaching a little radical here, but I'm going to give you a testimony about John G. Lake here that has, has you know, it's, it's an awesome testimony. I've been speaking this testimony for, oh gosh, 25 years. And what a lot of people don't realize is that before I was even, you know, before I was in, you know, started Emerge School of Transformation, before I... Uh, wrote my book that really focused on, you know, people living in union with God and finding and living their purpose. You know, I was in an inc- really a pa- very powerful healing ministry for years. And there's not many miracles that I haven't seen <laughs> become personally come very, very close to raising the dead on multiple occasions. And when I say come very close to raising the dead, I mean, I was inexperienced. I was young in the Lord at one time and I prayed over them for hours, this person that had passed away, and rigor mortis completely left their body. Um, the body became warm um, and pliable, and the only reason I kind of gave up was because I didn't realize that resurrections could be progressive. I actually had only heard of resurrections where they instantaneously returned from the dead, but literally the week after that, I got about, it was just the Holy Spirit brought me to like six or seven testimonies of progressive resurrections where people prayed over a series of hours, even a series of days, and then people were resurrected. But why am I sharing that? Because I want you to know that this isn't just a topic that I, you know, have visited. This is a topic that I have been in for, for decades at this point. But this, um, what topic? The topic of not being afraid of death and the topic of recognizing that we have a source of power and a source of healing and a source of safety and a source of peace and a source of joy that is not coming from anything external. It's not coming from our external circumstances. It's not coming because we have toilet paper in America, in the grocery stores. It is coming from a, a, a person who is real and his name is Jesus. And, and beloved, we really should not be acting like the world. And if we are acting like the world and we are panicked and we are fearful, then that is just an indication that we have, we have some work to do in our identity. 
We have some work to do in really understanding the gospel. We have some work to do in focusing on the truth instead of what the world system has taught us. And I will say this, the world system teaches us to die. The world system teaches us to panic. The world system teaches us to be afraid. And I'm, this, this testimony that I'm thinking about from John G. Lake is a pretty powerful testimony. As you know, John G. Lake was so powerful in his healing ministry that he actually was giving a, given a medical license because he was curing as many people as people that were actually trained to be physicians. And what he did is he was, he went over to Africa because there was a breakout of a plague. And this plague was wiping, it was like Ebola or something, you know, something. It was wiping out entire villages. And John G. Lake, they told him, you need to get inoculated against this thing before you go into this, you know, into these villages. And John G. Lake looked at them and said, I am the vaccination. I am the inoculation against this plague. Now that is a crazy statement. Can you imagine in today's media-driven crazy world if somebody stood up and said, I am the vaccination for the coronavirus. I am the inoculation for the coronavirus. I want to put it in context because right now it's very relevant. <laughs> but John G. Lake said, yeah. He said, I cannot get this virus. I can't, or whatever it was. I can't get this plague. And he said, in fact, he said, check out my saliva and you'll find that I'm immune. And so what they did is they got, um, some petri dishes and took some samples of his saliva and they put the sample of his saliva in the petri dish and then they took a specimen from you know one of the people that had passed away that uh you know again i don't know if it was bacteria or what it was but they put it onto john g lake's saliva and the moment it touched his saliva it died so why am i saying this i'm saying this because John G. Lake just didn't show up in Africa and all of a sudden be, be you know, the, the answer to this, this plague. The reason that John G. Lake was able to even speak with that kind of faith is because he had been feeding his mind and he had been renewing his mind to the victory of Jesus over sickness and disease. At that point, I don't know how many years that he had been doing that. But he didn't, he wasn't, he didn't have some special anointing. It wasn't like, you know, that's, that's one of these things. People think, well, I've been anointed by the Lord for this. Well, okay. No, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead lives in you. So you're as anointed as Jesus, as he is. So are you in this world. So it's not a special anointed. It's, it's the anointed. The anointed one lives in you. And so the healer, lives inside of you. And John G. Lake just believed it was impossible for him to be infected. Why? Because Jesus lived inside of him. The Spirit of God lived inside of him. And he believed it to such a degree that it manifested in the form of killing this plague from his spit. And spit, you know, spit is scriptural. Jesus healed some blind people with some spit. Now, right now, we're told to be afraid of spit. We're told to be afraid of, of, of these things. But, the, but what am I saying? I'm saying, church, our response has got to be different. And I'm not saying, you know, that we just, 
what am I saying? I'm saying, I'm not even going to give you a rule about what I'm saying. What I'm saying is be led by the Holy Spirit. There isn't a rule. (laughs) I guess that's what I'm saying. I'm saying the Holy Spirit is going to lead you and guide you. And by all means, if you have not been meditating on the reality that Christ is in you, the hope of glory, if you have not been meditating on the idea that by the stripes of Jesus you are healed, if you have not been meditating on the reality that you've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son, if you have not been meditating on the reality of the gospel and your union with Jesus, then, then, then you, you might need to take some precautions. <laughs> but this is also a time while you're quarantined that this is what you should be feeding yourself on. Not the news, the overcoming good news. Not the news of how it's dangerous to go outside. But the news is, is that Jesus said, in the world you'll have tribulation, you'll have trial, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. Jesus' command in the midst of this situation is to be of good cheer. In Colossians chapter 1, it says we have all these things to be grateful for. And, you know, it says to think on things that are lovely and pure and of good report in Philippians, in Philippians chapter 4. And so we have a choice, beloved. What are we going to cultivate in this hour? This is a perfect opportunity to use the external world to bring yourself up to a higher level of, of agreement with the gospel. This is an opportunity for you to, to shine, to shine. And when I say shine, I mean to stand out. To stand out is different from the rest of those that are struggling, that don't know Jesus, that haven't heard the good news, that, that don't understand that all things are working together for good. Like I'm telling you, there is a good that God is working in this situation. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're connecting into that right now. This is, this is, the church was built for this hour. This is exactly the kind of things that the body of Christ is built for. We are not built to just live normal everyday lives. We're built for the storm. We're built for the crisis. We're built to feed the multitudes supernaturally. We are built to live not on the world system, but off of the kingdom of God. And I get that this is radical. I get that this sounds like crazy talk to, to, to a lot of people, but this is normal Christianity, what I'm discussing here right now. John G. Lake took the healing message of Jesus so literally that he opened these healing rooms in Spokane, Washington. Well, right now, Washington is one, and, and the United States is one of the hot states. The very state where John G. Lake opened the healing rooms is actually considered kind of the epicenter of the outbreak here in America. And John G. Lake was so successful at raising up healing teams. He would, he, he called them healing technicians. And he would, he would send out these healing technicians just like Jesus did in the gospel, two by two. And he would say, don't come back until they're healed. And these healing technicians, you're sitting there thinking, what? What do you mean he wouldn't send, he'd send them out and not bring them back until, you know, until they were healed? That's crazy. I mean, you mean they were just praying for God to heal them? No, they weren't praying for God to heal them. They were obeying the command that Jesus gave his disciples, which was heal the sick. 
He said, as you go, preach. The gospel of the kingdom is at hand. Freely you have received, freely give. He said, he said, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils. Meaning, this is our hour, church. This is when we get into action. This isn't where we retreat into the background and retreat in fear. Oh. And, but I will say this, that the circumstances will reveal what's in your heart. And John G. Lake doesn't have any more of Jesus than you do. Those healing technicians would sometimes go out for a day. Sometimes they'd stay for three months. But the point was, they were literally committed. They were committed to seeing the gospel of Jesus manifest in the sick. And, and they, I mean, we're talking hundreds of thousands of people were healed by these healing technicians. They declared that Spokane was the healthiest city in the world during John G. Lake's uh, ministry. And if you don't believe me, you guys, go, go get on Amazon. Go, go order uh, the books about John G. Lake's life and his ministry. That's something totally to be meditating on in this hour. Go read about Smith Wigglesworth. Go read about Catherine Coleman. Go read about people that God used, not because they were more anointed than you, but because they, they agreed with God. And God used them. He used them to turn the world upside down, to, 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 to release signs and wonders that proved that Jesus is who he says he is. And by all means, you know, I said I'm going to call this cultivating peace. When I say peace, let me be clear. I'm not talking just about a fuzzy feeling, you know, of serenity while we're sitting down by the, you know, the, the bobbling brook, <laughs> you know, just all in, in peace. No, I'm talking about the peace that still storms. I'm talking about the peace that is a person named Jesus, the prince of peace. It's a power. I'm talking about cultivating power in the midst of storms. I'm talking about meditating on the truth instead of, you know, spending hours on Facebook and social media and, and Googling all of the latest on the virus. Why don't you Google all of the healing scriptures and he Google all of the testimonies that have come out about people that have overcome the odds and done incredible things because Jesus Christ is alive. We have more time on our hands. Heck, kids aren't going to school. People aren't going to work. This is an actual opportune time. And I also want to say to you that God is doing something in your life right now through these circumstances. I have no idea what faith looks like right now for you. I have no idea what God is asking you to believe for right now. But I can already see in my mind how the circumstances are forcing me into decisions <laughs> that I already had known that God was forcing me to make or asking me to make and how things are just aligning perfectly for those decisions. This is actually helps those decisions. And I, I just am telling you that there is something that God is doing in, in your life right now besides telling you to go to Walmart and get a bunch of toilet paper. Besides going to, you know, Sam's Club or Costco and, and buying up the, the hand sanitizer. What in the world? I mean, I didn't poll those people to find out, you know, how many of them believed in Jesus or confessed Jesus. And I'm not saying don't get, get the toilet paper, don't get the sanitizer. But dear Lord, the world has lost their mind. You know, I posted, I haven't posted a whole lot on this. 
but I posted something that I'm going to go ahead and read on my from my Facebook page. And by the way, if you don't follow my Facebook page, you should check it out. If you're not a part of my group, it's called The Path to Purpose with Shalise. I, I encourage you to get over there. I'm doing Facebook Lives twice a week, and there's a lot of good content over there. But I want to read this to you because I felt like this really summed up. And I don't even know that the person that, that I... I didn't write this. Somebody else wrote it. And I'm not even sure that the person that um, I posted this from, I, I'm not even sure. They may be like, I don't even know if they believe in healing miracles. But I do know that they believe that in the midst of crisis, that the church has, an, there's a response that the church is supposed to have. And I'm just going to read it. It says, I have lots and lots of unprocessed thoughts on the coronavirus, but so far here's what I've got. We lived in Sierra Leone, Africa, when Ebola hit. We traveled all through the country at its peak, preaching the gospel, delivering Bibles and water and rice to many affected areas and to many who were quarantined. People young and old were dying everywhere. There was tremendous fear and panic. The survival rate was slim because of the nature of the virus, the lack of medical care and and unsanitary conditions. If you contracted Ebola, it was most likely a death sentence, regardless of your age or the condition of your immune system, and it was a slow, horrible death. As we visited village after village, we saw despair in the eyes of those who were losing loved ones right before their very eyes with no hope in sight. It was terrible, and I'll never forget it. All the images are etched in my mind forever. But I remember something even more powerful than the death and disease that was literally wiping out the masses all around me. I remember the tangible, powerful peace of God. I remember standing by my little African stove cooking dinner for my large family. I remember thinking to myself, just do the next right thing and trust in the Lord who is in control of this broken world. I turned on worship music and prayed to the God I couldn't see with a faith that was only a tiny bit stronger than my fear. As believers, we are called to be carriers of hope and peace. We are called to face all the facts and simultaneously choose to counsel our hearts with the truth of the gospel. And after we have done everything we do can do to stand firm, our faith will stand. Now, I'm not going to read that next paragraph because it's honestly not the way that I would say it. So I'm just going to skip it. It talks about trouble hearing God. But that's not, that's not your portion. That's not my portion. But the rest of this is worth reading. It says, I felt like the latter, um, well, one second. I'm going to keep, find the place I want to pick up. It says, I'm so thankful for this trial because my life is so stinking safe and comfortable half the time. I feel like I'm walking around in bubble wrap. If you are a Christian, face all the facts no matter what you are standing against and then bow your will to God's, not your fears, not the fear of others, not the fear of masses, but the one who has all power, authority, and control. Emulate his peace to a lost and broken world. It says, and if you must, stock up on toilet paper, but understand the majority of the world living in poverty who doesn't even have toilets will marvel at why Americans are doing this when their country of 350 million people you know, at this point, it said 38 have died. Now, granted, there's been more. It says, but the majority of those in nursing homes and in a country that has the strongest health care in the world. Don't get me wrong. I care deeply about the elderly. I cared for my mima in her home in her dying days and watched her take her last breath. It was brutal. But please, for the love of God, be the salt and light and do not perpetuate mass hysteria. Be wise and vigilant. You can do both. 
Now, I'm sharing that because I felt like she did a good job. Again, I, I'm not sure that I agree everything theologically. I don't, I don't believe God is in control. I believe God is sovereign, but I believe in his sovereignty. He released dominion to Adam and Eve, and he put Adam and Eve in, in, in charge of the, of the planet. So I, I, I could teach on that, but I'm not. What, what, I, what I am going to teach on is that there is a very powerful stream here. And that, that, that the stream I'm saying is that the church's response should be different. And I don't know what God's agenda is, <laughs> you know, in the middle of this virus, necessarily at a global level, <laughs> beyond, the, beyond the agenda to, to glorify Jesus. That's always on his agenda. But I, I, but I can say that each of us can and has a responsibility to find God's agenda for our own lives in the midst of this. And I will tell you, fear causes you to make wrong decisions. And fear, you know, you know how many times I get messages from people? People respond pretty strongly to a lot of the the things that I suggest because they seem radical. Like, Shelley's, you know, I hope you're not saying we should leave our job to fulfill, you know, God's purpose. We're following wisdom. And, they, you know, they, they kind of capitalize the word wisdom. Like, God's wisdom would never tell you to leave a job to go fulfill your purpose in life. When, last time I checked, Jesus told all of his disciples to, to leave it all and follow them. So, yeah, do I sound a little radical? I mean, I responded. <laughs> what I said was, I'm not telling anybody to do anything except follow the Holy Spirit. I, I didn't go on to say, which, by the way, last time I talked to the guy, he's a little bit radical. Why? Because there's no fear in love. There's no fear. We aren't, we aren't, I mean, what is there to fear leaving your job if God is, is the one that provided manna in the wilderness? What is there to fear if John G. Lake can go into a, a, a plague-ridden village and be the, be the inoculation against the plague? I mean, it's according to our faith, beloved. It's according to what we believe. And God has an agenda for your life. And I can tell you, if you listen to the voice of fear, you're going to miss it. This is the church's, this is, this is an opportunity for the church to rise up. It is not an opportunity for us to shrink back in fear. So I want you to take the words that I'm speaking to you as a, not just a comfort, but honestly, is a call to, I want to say kind of like a call to arms. And with, with, with the arms being the word of God. The word of God is a sword. It is sharper than any natural sword. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And I'll tell you what, it is, it is, when you put on the armor of God, you know, you protect, you know, you put up the shield of faith and you put on the helmet of salvation to protect your mind. But I'll tell you what, you wield the, the, the word of God. You wield the sword of the spirit. And now is a time to meditate on what is true, to understand the gospel, to really get it into your head that you are not of this world. You are, you are in the kingdom right now. You are a carrier of the kingdom. You are a minister of the gospel. You are called to, to continue the gospel of Jesus Christ. And signs and wonders follow those that believe. And so this is a time to pray for the sick. This is a time to, to, um, 
to, to advance church. It's not at a time to, to sit back and, and be afraid. So practically, like I said, fill your minds. Fill your minds with the truth. There's some great books that you can get just on the healing ministry of Jesus to fill your mind with testimonies, overcomers' testimonies. You know, if I, I could recommend any one book about the gospel, it would be Mystical Union by John Crowder. It's probably, to me, the most um, complete book of what it means to live in union with God. Read my book, The Path. Find your purpose. Because, beloved, I'll tell you, purpose will give you faith. I think the reason that Jesus slept in the boat is because he knew that wasn't how he died. He knew he wasn't going to get killed in some storm on the lake. He knew he was going to the cross. And when you know your destiny, there's a faith that comes with that destiny. You know, you, you believe you're, you're going to be like the Apostle Paul and you're going to finish your course. And there is a way to get clear about where you're headed. There is a way to know your destiny uh, for sure. And then if you are really serious about it, I'll wrap up with this. Then you know what? Send us an email at info at shalice.com. And you know what? Use this time right now to get on the phone with our team and let us pray with you and apply to Emerge School of Transformation. It is life-changing. And it's a three-month encounter with God where you will not only, I mean, just wake up to the reality of your union with God, but you will hear God clearly about who you are, why you're on the planet, what he wants to do with your life. And, and I will tell you, there is a confidence and a faith that comes from that. When you know that you know that you know that you are in the will of God doing what you are here on the planet to do. And no man, no man, no virus, nothing but you and what you believe can, sh- can sh- cut your time short here. Charles and Francis Hunter, some famous healing ministers, Francis Hunter said one time, I've got more new parts than old parts. She was in a healing ministry and she had had more healings personally probably than many people I know. Heidi Baker has been seen hundreds and hundreds, thousands at this point of people raised from the dead. She, she sends out the children to minister to the sick because she refuses to be the woman of power of the hour. It's not about Heidi. It's about Jesus. And she says, let the kids go out. And the kids go out and see blind eyes open, and they see incredible signs and wonders. These are little kids. She says they don't even have Bibles. They don't have TBN. You know what? They don't have vacation Bible school. These are just little, you know, bush kids. They don't know anything except they just know Jesus. And so, beloved, there is, there is, a, there, you are, there is more to you than meets the eye. And when I say the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead lives in you, it's true. It's just as true as the coronavirus right now. In fact, it's a reality that will, will, will be true for the rest of time. So let me pray. Father, I just release right now the spirit of faith. I release the spirit of faith over every listener. And I release a revelation of Christ in you. I release the peace that surpasses their understanding. And I declare that they're out of their mind. They're out of their understanding. That they're operating out of the mind of Christ. And that, Father, they are the hands and the feet of Jesus everywhere they go. They are ministers of reconciliation. They are releasing peace everywhere they go. And, Father, they are, in fact, the answer to prayer, the answer to fear, 
They are the answer to the cry of the planet right now in this hour. So use us, Lord. Use the body of Christ wherever you want us to be used. Send us where you want us to go. Have us speak the words that you want us to speak. Have us post the posts on social media and otherwise that you want us to post. Let us be a a, a bearer of good news, the good news of the, of the cross, the good news of Jesus Christ. And let us stand against anything and everything, Father, that would control us besides the Spirit of God. And so I just bless every single listener, Lord. I speak health, I speak healing, I speak wholeness. And I thank you, Father, that for any person, Lord, that is even struggling right now um, with their health, maybe someone's going to share this, this, this teaching to someone who's actually caught the virus. I just command the victory of Jesus in anyone that has this virus right now that's listening to this. I just command the manifestation of Jesus Christ in every cell of their body. And I speak death to coronavirus. I command it to die. I command it to bow to the name of Jesus. I speak a restoration of lung health. I speak creative miracles in this body, God, and I release angels to stand guard over them right now, 24-7, and I declare that the spirit of death will not prevail in their lives. I declare that instead, the victory of Jesus, the good report, will manifest and that it will be a testimony to others. I just command the turnaround right now. And I, I bind up the spirit of fear and I declare, Father, faith, peace, love, the love that casts out fear, vibrating in every single cell of their body, down to a DNA level, God, down to the, the, the subatomic level, down to the molecular level, Father, in their body. I command their immune systems to be strong and function the way God commanded it. And I just speak right now, a complete recovery, a complete recovery now in the name of Jesus. So amen and amen. I I encourage you, if you have people that are dealing with it, hey, you know what? Put them on the podcast. Get them hooked up with that prayer. As always, I said you can email us at infoinchilise.com, not only about Emerge, but if you need a prayer request, make sure that you let us know. We'll be praying and standing with you. And then... Lastly, I'll tell you, if, you if, if this podcast is blessing you, if you are connected here uh, because God has brought you here to connect you, then head on over to Shalise.com, do a donation, support the podcast. You are a part of getting this message of union with God and the victory of Jesus out to people literally all over the planet at this point through the, mo- you know, just because of modern technology. So God bless you. Bless those that are supporting us, that are partnering with us. And just God bless you as we uh, forge ahead <laughs> in this uh, most interesting time. I love you. We are with you in spirit. We'll see you and talk to you next time.